What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Scheffler. You are listening to the 235th episode of the podcast. Welcome in, folks. The NFL draft uh, came and went so quickly. I feel like there's so much build up for it, then all of a sudden it's just done. Uh, And it was a very exciting draft. A lot of trades, a lot of moving around, a lot of players that, as every year, that fall that we think that should have gone higher and vice versa. So a lot of intrigue, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. And today, we are going to be recapping the draft for all the AFC teams. Uh, we decided to split this draft recap up, considering, you know, I feel like sometimes we... We say we're going to stick to maybe three to five minutes per team. We ended up going a little bit longer. So we, we thought it'd be more a wiser decision to split it up into the two conferences. So um, how are you guys feeling? How was your draft experience? I had a great time. I watched I watched a lot more of it on TV than I expected to. Like normally first round, I'm always glued in. Second and third, I'll, I'll normally tune in for. But then like third day, I'm mostly just like a twitter guy but the the weather this past weekend was real bad so i really had nothing better to do except watch it so i was i was all over it very nice jack care to comment on my drive experience uh it was great i was very happy with the steelers picks that added to my uh my satisfaction of the overall experience i should have mentioned Um, i was also happy with the way it went so yeah, they did a good job. We're having fun. Yes, they did. And we won't get to the Eagles today. Um, in the coming days, we will we'll do the we'll recap the NFC. But um yeah, very good draft. I am also pleased with the Steelers picks, but we'll get into that later in the show when we get to the Steelers. Um we're gonna, as I mentioned a minute ago, we're just to be doing the AFC teams. And if anyone remembers from years prior. Uh, we'll be calling some fans uh, across, you know, fans of AFC teams. Some of these people, I think, were, you know, uh, prepped or let know that they may be called. But for the most part, it's going to be impromptu and spontaneous. So we're going to get their live, raw reaction to their team's draft over this past weekend. And uh, we don't have too many. I think we only have four or five people we're going to be calling. So 
we'll see what they have to say when we get to them. Uh, without further ado, I believe we're going to start with the AFC East. And uh, is there any team in particular you guys would like to start with here? We had the Bills picking at 26. We had the Patriots originally at 14, trading back to 17. We have the Jets picking at 15. And we have the Dolphins, who didn't have a first-round pick, but uh, they only had four picks in the higher draft. But, you know, they picked some interesting players as well. So any team in particular you guys would like to start with? I have no preference. Should we Should we start with Miami since they... Didn't really like since I feel like we'll talk about them the least probably. Sure. Yeah. What did they do? <laughs> yeah. So we have uh, we have callers for the potentially for the Jets and for the Bills. So let's start out with the Dolphins and then we'll go Patriots and then we'll take uh, we'll try to get our callers in here. But uh, the Dolphins, like I mentioned, did not have a first round pick as a result of the uh, the tampering, right? The tampering. The well. It was the Brian Flores situation, and then plus the tampering for the guy that they didn't end up getting. Right. Yeah, so that's it, was, a, it wasn't for the Brian Flores. It was for the Brady situation. Yeah. Yes. With Stephen Ross, is that his name? Well, yeah, Steve. But wasn't it also involved in like the whole? Like, I don't know if they if they officially announced like what it was directly because of. But didn't they? Wasn't there also like tanking allegations? Yeah. Yes, that's the whole Brian Flores thing. Uh, it was not regard. It was not for that. It, it was, was for Brady. the uh, okay. yeah, Stephen Ross, Tom Brady situation, tampering, not for the alleged tanking in the Brian Flores deal. I see. Yeah. So quite the crapshoot over there in Miami, but you know it's behind them now. They have survived that draft, and uh, they picked Cam Smith, corner from South Carolina, in the second rounds. Uh, I know Jack, I had him going in the first, I believe, in our mock draft competition. So he's a physical corner, um, could be an impact player. I know they just traded for uh, Jalen Ramsey, but you know I think they still needed a little bit of depth there at the cornerback position. Uh, they also draft Devin A-Chain uh, from Texas A&M. Smaller running back, but a lot of people aren't high on him. And Miami's backfield's kind of a mystery at this point. Um, Raheem Mostert. And who am I forgetting? They have well, another they had, older guy. Um, they had Chase Edmonds. He's no longer there. Um, did they? Did they still have Jeff Wilson or no? Yeah, I believe yeah. it's Jeff Wilson. So Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, two guys who are not uh, young, spry running backs by any means. So it'd be interesting how uh, A Chain fits in his rookie season. Um, and then they, you know, had a six and seven round pick. They get Elijah Elijah Higgins out of Stanford, a wide receiver, and Ryan Hayes, a tackle from Michigan in the sixth and seventh. So not too many picks to work with. Um, but how do you guys feel about Cam? Let's talk about Cam Smith in particular. I I mean, like consider all things considered, when you look at what picks they had, they didn't have much to go off of. But like if we're just talking value, um, I feel like it's a great pick for them. Um, I know I'm trying to think like what he's a very, he plays hard. Like that, that's his big thing is he's like, he's, he's a full motor guy. He's going to hit you hard. But I like, was it like a technique thing that they were out on him for? Like just not, was it production? I don't remember what like the knock on him was that he would fall this far compared to these other guys. But like at that point, great value. And then piggybacking off of that, a chain, I feel like is, guy that every dynasty player is going to be looking at and in like these in like the this mid-tier of running backs 
I feel like everyone was waiting to see who Miami would get because it would have been surprising if they left the draft without one of these guys. And they happen to get probably the most dynamic athlete as a running back that's coming out of this class outside of, you know, the top guys that went. But um, yeah, I, I thought for what they had, I thought they made good use out of the few picks that they had. So I liked the value for them a lot. Uh, those two picks, yeah, names that I'd say most or you could be familiar with, with uh, Am Smith and A-Chain, uh, both good players. I think, I mean, just the cornerback class is so deep, that's why uh, yeah, that's they're able to, to get them. Um, I question that they should have focused more on offensive line with... With to his injury concern and like there's a lot going like high stakes this year with him and trying to keep him healthy and upright. Um, they didn't. It, what it took them till the sixth or seventh round to get any offensive lineman. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, it's not like an elite unit. Uh, they have Teron Armstead there, Eichenberg. See there. I, I'm just trying to think of names. Like yeah, it's. Uh- Robert Hunt is one of their guards. He ended up actually being pretty good this year, so that's one guy. But like, there there's still holes. Like, what about like their right tackle? Well, the, is Armstead is left tackle? No, Armstead's left. Yeah, yeah, and that's not. I mean, with two being a left hand quarterback, the right tackle is is more important. I, I can't think of who they have slotted their right tackle currently, but Austin I, I Jackson. They could have used. Okay. Maybe another starter there, or at least some more depth and just more talent. Um, yeah. In a team that I feel like has a great roster otherwise. So that would be my knock on them. They should have focused more on, on the line. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that for sure. And at that point, there were definitely some tackles still on the board that they could have went with. Uh, I'm not too high on a chain personally. Uh, I just think he's a little bit too small to hold up in the NFL. He's never going to be a guy that's going to get more than 12 touches a game. In my opinion, he's 180 pounds. I mean, he's lightning fast. He ran a four, three, two in the 40, um, and pretty good production at Texas A&M. But again, I, I, I think there's, there was another running back. I think. Kendra Miller went before this, if I'm not mistaken. So they couldn't have gotten him, but yeah, there are some other names that uh, I think that could have been better selections there. I think Tank Big- Bigsby was not selected yet. Yes, he went five picks after. So I would have preferred him or another running back. But again, with the way that Mike McDaniel's offense goes, I think this could be a very good spot for A-Chain, but we'll, we'll yeah. see how, you know, he may be partial to his former 49ers guys. I was going to say, I think if you're if you're expecting like a workhorse production like type of skill set out of a chain, you're not going to get that. I, to me, to me, it feels like they drafted him to be their their home run hitter. Like I think if I had to guess what it's going to look like, I think I think Mostert going into next year is probably still their lead back, and I think a chain's going to be coming in more on maybe third down work. But I I'd, I'd be shocked if a chain's like your first and second down guy. Yeah, exactly. So that's the Dolphins. Uh, we can move on to the Patriots here. They, unlike the Dolphins, yeah. had plenty yeah. of picks. Yeah. Class In classic Patriots fashion, they like to trade down, collect a lot of other assets in the draft. Uh, I mean, should I even read off all of these names? I'll just read off the notables, I guess. Yeah. Uh, their first round pick, they traded 
back three spots. They still got Christian Gonzalez, who they may have taken anyway at 14 if they stayed there. So that was a good move for them. Uh, I know Shref said on our mock draft episode that was arguably his favorite player in this draft and mm-hmm. as its you know entirety. Uh, I also really liked him as well. Uh, they draft Keon, Keon White, uh, defensive end from Georgia Tech in the second. And uh, a couple other names that stick out to me here. I mean, they got Kayshawn Boutte from uh, LSU, wide receiver in the sixth round. A lot of people saw him kind of going higher, but uh, he fell, I guess you could say. And also very interesting that they picked a kicker in the fourth and a punter in the sixth. Which I guess if you have a ton of picks, why not? But at the why same not? time, I I I find it very hard to believe that there weren't other positions they could have went with over a kicker in the fourth round. So what do you guys think of the Patriots uh and what they did here? Hi, Jack. Uh just in very Belichick fashion, I see I'm looking at their depth chart here and Five, six draft picks were spent on the special teams unit. <laughs> um, they were kind of bad on special teams last year. He's not making that mistake again. I guess so. Um, defensively, I think it's great value they got in Christian Gonzalez at all the way to 17. Uh, Keon White's another great player that was like fringe first round in mocks that maybe fell to them in the second. Uh like uh, he's a very he's big defensive end, uh, one we're kind of familiar with. That I've seen seen him a little bit at Georgia Tech. Um, comment on the on the Kayshawn Boutte pick. Um, there's like some character concerns possibly. Like he broke out really early as a freshman, I believe at LSU. Uh, and then I don't know. There's some some we it was kind of weird. What happened yeah. the past few years with him? Hard to explain with that one, but that there were stories yeah. coming out on top of just like I don't know. I, I actually don't know if I ever saw anything about like a work ethic thing. It seemed like a lot of it was really off the field. Okay. And boy, did he have fun off the field? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know what you're alluding to, but you don't have to oh, say it. Yeah, we'll tell you. Fun. We'll tell you later. Yeah, he had yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean. I get addressing the special teams, but fourth round for a kicker is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it is. I don't mind. Eh, I don't know. It's the Patriots, so I'm, I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna doubt Belichick until I have reason to. But um, yeah, obviously Christian Gonzalez, as I said, was my favorite player in the draft. So it's hard for me not to say that. Like, this might be the best. Like, there's plenty. There was a lot of I thought good value picks in the first round. I think it's hard to argue with this one is probably the most valuable outside of maybe like what the Cardinals managed to do, but um, like trading down to get like, we'll, we'll get into it with Washington, but I, I can't wrap my head around seeing Emmanuel Forbes and Christian Gonzalez sitting on the board there for you and choosing Forbes there. I, I, I agree. That is something that will baffle me unless he, pro- he could prove me wrong. And I hope he does. Cause actually, no, I don't know if he does. He's on Washington, but either way, getting Gonzalez at 17 after trading down is, Great. Also, a little a little tidbit that I'm sure we can talk about more is uh, letting the Steelers jump in front of the Jets, who you were almost certain were going to take the player that the Steelers took. So that's kind of funny, too. Um, yep. Keon White, I thought was a great value pick. I feel like a lot of people were slotting him towards the end of the first round. So getting him there seems, feels like good value. Um, 
They drafted Jake Andrews in the fourth round as a center. I believe David Andrews was their former center for all these years, so they're just they're just keeping the Andrews rolling through on the line there, which I like. Um, yeah, Boutte, I feel like, is like it, it, a six-round pick, especially with as many picks as they had in this draft. Like, throw the dart, why not? Especially on a team that, like, We've been begging for them to get receivers for so long. You might you might as well throw something against the wall and see what sticks. Um, and then the last thing too, a little a little random one, but almost at like almost with the very last pick, the I believe the only HBCU player was drafted, in Isaiah Bolden from Jackson State, and I believe Deion Sanders was 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 not too happy with that. So maybe that's something that we see change over the next coming years here. But I believe the only HBCU player drafted. Yes, I think you are correct. Yeah, and I I don't like Boutte as a prospect, but at that point, like you said, why not? So with that many picks, like if you're if you're working with limited capital, then I'd say maybe maybe you hold on to it and don't do that. But I mean, with with this many options, I'd I'd say why not? And also, I forgot to mention the the punter that they did draft is like apparently like the second coming of of Christ as a as a punter. So we'll, we'll see, but he. Apparently, this guy's the real deal. All right. We will see. Didn't, didn't they say that about Matt Areza? Then look what happened They here. say it about every single punter that gets drafted, so I guess we'll just have to wait. <laughs> see, but I don't know. Well, if Matt Areza didn't... That's a good point. Matt Areza, we can't quite say, would not have been incredible because it was things not related to football that caused him to not be playing. Buffalo Bills. They picked uh, originally 28th, if I believe. Traded up mm-hmm. over the Cowboys Trade to get Dalton house, Kincaid. Yeah. Uh, also picked Osiris Torrance, who was a fringe first-round pick. It got him at the end of the second. Dorian Williams, inside linebacker from Tulane. Justin Shorter, wide receiver from Florida. Uh, Nick Brokier. I apologize, uh, Mr. Nick, if I pronounce your last name incorrectly. Guard from Ole Miss and Alex Austin, a corner from Oregon State, um, and I believe we have a call for this one. So let's see if he picks up. And you know he's very passionate about the Bills, so uh, we we may have to, you know, put a put a clock on him here because I'm sure he could fill up the whole entire hour and a half, two hours. I want to hear the emotion, though. I want to hear the emotion. Yeah. So uh, we'll be calling Mike Wazowski, and uh, I think Jack, if you can pull up his number and give him a call. He just comes in like swearing up a storm. Just can't believe it. Inside <laughs> himself. You guys hear the phone? Yeah, kinda. We'll see when he starts talking. Please leave your message. Uh, for seven, one this is what it would have been tough. You just leave the, get his full number on there while you're at it. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the punishment for not picking up. Yep. Yeah. You get, you get doxxed. All right. Well, uh, we don't we'll make the rules. So we we can temporarily skip the bills. We can come back to them if if he calls back later in the show. Um, go to the Jets. We can. Yeah. We can go right here to the Jets. Now we've got another caller. We've got another one to call for this. Yes, we do. We do have another caller for this. Uh, From the Aaron Rodgers trade, moved back two spots, and they draft Will McDonald, uh, edge from Iowa State. 
which some people viewed as a reach. Uh, they got Joe Tipman, center from Wisconsin. They get two pit guys, Carter Warren, tackle, which I think he, what was he ranked, 12th in your ranking, Shreff? I believe he was sitting at 12, if I'm not mistaken. They also got uh, Izzy Abanakanda, running back, in the fifth round. And Zaire Barnes, linebacker from Western Michigan. Jarek Bernard Converse, Great corner from LSU. And Zach Kuntz, mm-hmm. tight end from Old Dominion. So I could talk about Zach Kuntz for days. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, again, didn't, you know, I, I, I don't love the McDonald pick, but I'm not going to sit and pretend here like I've watched his film or anything like that. But It's interesting. I, yeah, go ahead. I was like, uh, I guess I'll go while Jack's getting prepped here with the call. But, I mean, as Pittman, I'm sure it's going to be hard for me and Jack not to be a bit biased towards this draft class for them. But I I really think all things considered that they – they did a pretty a pretty solid job. Um, I, it it seems pretty obvious and clear that they wanted Broderick Jones. Um, he did not make it to him, unfortunately. Uh, a, a certain other team jumped up and grabbed him. I'm not sure which one. But uh, Will McDonald's an interesting one. I, I think it's a situation with him. It's almost similar to a Nolan Smith kind of situation where I think if he was put in better opportunities, uh, I think you could have seen him fly, like even go higher than he just went. Um, I know he was kind of like a late, late in the week, like flyer where it was like, th- this guy's probably going to be around one pick and very much was around one pick. Um, just flies off the edge. He's a little bit smaller, I believe. And I, from what I've heard all, like from what I've heard from everyone, it sounds like Sal is ready to kind of sit him out like way on the edge and let him use his speed and his power to kind of make it work. So I think it could be a good pick in the long run. Titman is just, you know, it, it's hard to go wrong with a big 10 interior lineman. I feel like those guys are all just absolute beefcakes who are just going to be there for a while if you need them to be. So I like the Tittman pick. Obviously, not going to complain about the Warren, the Warren pick. I believe, Jack, if I'm not mistaken, he he was hurt for a bit of time. Yeah, he um, probably could have gone a little higher. I feel like the if consensus he is he could have been a higher pick, minus healthier. the injury. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I like the pick. Uh, we'll, we'll see what he turns into. I, I think, if anything, he could be a good little like swing tackle option. Um, obviously, the Izzy pick. Uh, I know people, at least from a dynasty perspective, are pretty upset about the landing spot just because of Brees being there. But I keep saying, like, we're we're seeing it more and more. These these backfields are not – it's pretty rare at this point to have a backfield that's just one guy carrying the whole load for you. Um, and Izzy, as everyone has said, fits this scheme kind of perfectly. He's going to be able to get out in space. He's going to be able to use his speed, kind of that one-cut action. And I I think he's a perfect complement for Brees, so I love it. Don't know much about Barnes – what does this mean for Michael Carter, though? Well, I don't know what it means for either of them, but I, I mean, I, I mean, this might be biased, but like I, I think Izzy's going to give you more than those guys are. So I mean, well, it, it might just be a stockpile of guys back there, but I, I really do believe that Izzy can come out of that as the as the number two guy pretty pretty easily. Hopefully, um, I do want to shout out Zach Koontz. I know Mitchell, we we had a full conversation about the RAS scores. Um, over the weekend, Zach Coons was a perfect uh, 10.0 on the RAS scale. Uh, just like not too much in terms of technique there, but you're betting on just size and speed and just about everything you could look for. So a, a nice seventh round flyer to just kind of see see what's there. But yeah, I I like this class overall. I you could argue they reached a little for McDonald, but if that was their if that was the pass rusher they were really looking at, then I I can't fault him too much for doing it. But 
I like the class. Yeah, very nice. I mean, Zach Kuhn's 6'7", 255, so... Yeah, I think That's, he ran uh, like a, I think he ran like a four, like six or something absurd. Maybe less. I'm gonna check real quick before Jack. Do you have Alex ready to go to give a call? Yeah. Four five five. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like an insane athlete. Yeah, that is pretty ridiculous. Forty foot vertical, almost eleven foot broad jump. Whoa, forty inch. Sorry, he jumped over a building. Forty <laughs> feet. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay let's give Alex a call see if he picks up uh, give me some emotion All right. how long can we go over to or off the jump you guys hear it not really we can hear it once the voice comes in normally how about now not really I can't Oh. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Throwback, throwback to when Jack was like, no, we're just going to surprise him with it. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. We'll it's see. worked in the past. It has worked in the past. I think the <laughs> other time that we did this, it was a little bit more successful. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we did talk a little bit about them, so we can circle back to them if slash when he calls back. Uh, AFC South. Um, we're going to start here with the Houston Texans. They were very busy. Probably the biggest, one of the biggest storylines of night one and the entire draft as a whole was them trading up from 12 to go to three to select Willie Anderson, which Daniel Jeremiah somehow predicted. And you have to believe he had some type of inkling or source that would point him in that direction. But uh, after months and months of speculation and people saying they weren't interested in this quarterback class, they were, they weren't, back and forth, they ultimately go with C.J. Stroud at second overall. Uh, like I said, they trade up for Will Anderson, so that's, uh, you know, huge. They gave up their first next year, which some people believe is a major mistake. Interested to hear your guys' uh, thoughts on that. They get Juice Scruggs, Scruggs mm-hmm. center from Penn State in the second. Uh, Tank Dell receiver in the third out of Houston, and uh, from from there they get another receiver, Xavier Hutchinson in the sixth round out of Iowa State. Jarrett Patterson, a, gar- a center interior lineman from Notre Dame in the sixth. Uh, Dylan Horton, uh, an end and uh, out of TCU in the fourth. Henry Tuo Tuo, don't know how to pronounce his last name, but To'o, To'o. Henry Tuo Tuo. Mm-hmm. Inside linebacker from Bama in the fifth, and they get another pit guy, seventh round, Brandon Hill, safety. Uh, what do you guys think of what they did? And I guess most notably, we can talk about that trade up. Yeah, I have, I have thoughts. You have the floor, Shreff. I I want to start by saying I think they did the correct thing at number two. I I actually enjoy and uh, am impressed by how. On like you know, uh, close to the vest, they were able to keep that. I, I we feel like most of us, if not all of us, outside of the people who are really like in tune with what's going on inside the building, did not like had no idea what was going on there. I think they made the right move. I think Stroud was clearly the second best quarterback in this class, just in terms of readiness to play right now. Obviously, we can we can have the 
you know, future argument with that, but I think right now he was clearly QB2 in this class. The Anderson trade, it, it's a tough one for me to, to get by. And I, I think throughout, like, I, I think in the moment, everyone was like, that's awesome. Like, that's, like, that's a, it's a great move. But, like, if, you, if you're really taking a step back on this, like, this isn't a move you make. Like, this isn't a team that was a quarterback and an edge rusher away from being, like, contenders. There's a ton more holes here. I think even with Stroud and Anderson, you can still make the argument that this, like, could they could very well have the number one pick again next year. Like there, there's a there's a realm of possibilities where that where, where that happens, and that is no longer your pick now. Um, I like Will Anderson a lot. I think Will Anderson could be a legitimate like Pro Bowler throughout his career. I I don't know what he would have to be to warrant that trade though. Like I like I it it just it's a lot to give up for a team that is clearly more than a year away here. So it just it. It feels like they were trying to make a big splash to get, you know, to get excitement back in Houston and get the fans and I completely get all that, but when they're sitting here next year unless they somehow are like a top team in the league, when when they're sitting here next year and they're looking at that pick, I think they're going to be I think there's going to be some second thoughts there. So, overall, I like the class. I I like the Nathaniel, uh, the Nathaniel Dell pick a lot. Um Outside of that, I, I don't know too much about Scruggs. It seems like he was kind of a late flyer up boards because I really hadn't heard much about him until then. Um, Toho Toho, drafting Alabama players, uh, Alabama defensive players, is never the worst idea ever, so I'm mad about it. I'm sure you guys will have more to say about Jared Patterson, but yeah, for me, I I like the guys that they got, but it's hard for me to consider this to be a winning draft when you give up as much as they did. To answer your question, you said, what would Will Anderson have to turn into for this to be worth it? I mean, I think he's got to win defensive rookie of the year first year, and I think he has to be a all pro. I think he needs to be an all pro caliber player within the first three years in the league. And I think he Um, also needs to be like the leader of this defense for like his career. Like I like that is a that is a franchise altering draft pick completely. It really is, and and I totally agree with you. I would not, I would not have done that trade personally as much. I do like Will Anderson. I was singing his praises on our mock draft show. Mm-hmm. However, to play a slight devil's advocate, they do have the Browns pick next year, so it's not right. like they gave up. Th- they do have another pick to work with, so they that do. is as a silver lining. But again, this is still a team with a lot of holes. So as you mentioned, uh, Jack, do you have any thoughts on the Texans, uh, or we can move on to uh, the Colts? I do. Okay, go ahead. I do. Uh, I wanted to respond. Something specifically Shreff said that they're not a quarterback and defensive or whatever defensive end away. Um, but and they have a ton of holes. But they're not drafting those guys to be the last piece. Like you need to. They're drafting them to be the cornerstones of their team. They the quarterback is the most important position on the offense. Pass rusher is probably an elite one, which Will Anderson may very well could be, is uh the cornerstone of their defense. Like they're they're drafting these the players that are hoped to be on their team for the next decade. So I think if they and they're not gonna get they're not gonna get Will Anderson at twelve, uh probably less likely they get a cornerstone like that for their defense at twelve. So I don't mind the 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 trade up. I I kinda like it. Um 
yes, for the sake of restoring some kind of momentum in Houston for the fans, and not just for the fans, you need to gain some kind of traction in Houston, or it's going to stay at the be the laughing stock the NFL like it needs to be a free free agent destination at least some point and if with no culture no pieces there they're not going to attract many players quality players there so that's also another factor that I don't think is considered a lot um when establishing a culture um I think that's all I got I like it Will Anderson is I think probably the best prospect in this draft. I like him more than Stroud, who they got, and Bryce Young. Um, I mean, Mox were having him one overall early last year. Like he he can be that caliber player um, that you're talking about. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. All right, sounds like Jack uh, kind of agrees with his old pal Mikey Tex. So. Uh, yeah, that's off the head. I didn't even think about that. It's no wonder you like the pick. <laughs> you're, you're, literally, you're literally the guy that made the pick, <laughs> right? Uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, did something that was shocking to the public, but probably not shocking to people that were close within that organization. Uh, but Anthony Richardson, where everyone thought it was Will Levis, uh, goes fourth overall to the Colts. Uh, I know Shref really, really likes the rest of the their draft class that they got here, but Julius Brent's corner from Kansas State, Josh Downs, receiver from uh, UNC, Blake Freeland, tackle from BYU, uh, Adeboire, the defensive end from Northwestern that Shref had the Eagles uh, taking, right? No, you didn't. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you have? Mark in the first, at pick 30. Yeah, so Shref had it, you know, he goes all the way to the fourth. Darius Rush, another corner from South Carolina. Uh, Daniel Scott, safety from Cal. Will Mallory, tight end from Miami. Evan Hole, a running back from Northwestern. Titus Leo, inside linebacker from Wagner. Jalen Jones, corner from Texas A&M. And Jake Witt, tackle from Northern Michigan. A lot of investment in their secondary. You know, they go Brent in the second. Uh, Darius Rush in the fifth. Daniel Scott, in safety in the fifth. Uh, Jalen Jones in the seventh. So a lot of draft picks spent on the secondary. And uh, obviously the most notable is Anthony Richardson at four. Um, I'll let Shreff have the floor first because he was singing the praises of of what the job that Chris Ballard did all weekend. Yeah. Um, this is probably my favorite draft out of any of the drafts, I think. There's... There's a there's a handful that are in that con- in that in the contention for it, but for me, just in terms of like the amount of like my guys that they took, like that. I mean, obviously, we're like we're never going to know about these drafts until you know three, four, five years down the line here. But if we're looking at upside, it's hard to argue with the Colts as being a team that did it the best with that. Um, I love the Anthony Richardson pick for them. Um, I think uh, like. With Steichen in there, I to me to me this pick shows that they're giving Shane Steichen a decent amount of trust right off the bat on this team. If I had to guess, I'm assuming he was probably one of the top guys who was being like, "Give me this guy and just let me do my work with him and let me develop him how I want to." Um, Ursay also made it pretty clear that it sounds like he might just be starting right off the bat, which is interesting, but it's exciting because we'll get to watch it. But um, yeah, I, I like I like that pick over Levis at four. Um, 
think he gives you way more upside, and I think he's exactly what Steichen's looking for in a in a developmental quarterback. Julius Brents, one of my favorite guys. I was hoping the Eagles were maybe going to take him if they were looking at secondary early. Um, he falls, I guess not falls. This is about where people thought he was going to go, but just crazy upside athletically. Big guy runs fast. Uh, technique has a little bit to be desired, but you're betting on the athletic upside there. Downs, I'm shocked he fell this far. Um, I I think he can step right in and be their third receiver behind Pittman and Pierce. Um, so I think they got starter value in the third. Freeland's a big time project, but once again, like just absolutely insane athlete. Uh, that that's the theme that they hit around here. As I mentioned to you guys in our in our group chat, just like RAS scores out, out the wazoo with these boys. Um, and then I got to talk about Adabare. I, I like out of all the guys to fall in this draft, there were some big names, but just in terms of how far this guy really fell compared to where people thought, this is like one of the biggest for me. I think like most people had him penciled in as a late first, early second guy, and he falls to the fourth. Um, my guess is he fell. I don't know. I haven't heard anything medically, so I. It feels like it might just be a lot of teams didn't like the fit of a smaller interior pass rusher. Um. Colts said we will take him and take him gladly. I think that's more starter. Like I, I leg, I'm looking at this team and it like I, I feel like including the Darius Rush pick that they might have drafted like five starters right off the bat here, maybe at least four. Maybe. Sorry, did you say on the defense or just in in total? I think in general, like it it, it sounds like uh, Richardson's going to start. I think Brent's yeah. is going to start with the value they put in him. I think Downs is going to start. I think Adebar is going to start, and I think I think Darius Rush could end up starting by the time the season gets going. Yeah, maybe they have uh, the depth chart I'm looking at has Brent's slotted in the co- starting corner position right now. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, obviously, uh, so much changes, but but right. yeah, I, I just for me, I I think they matched need with athleticism and like draft slot. They did. I didn't feel like they reached for anyone. Like I, I, I thought they did everything really well in this one. Yeah, yep. I mean, I obviously, I'm very high on Anthony Richardson. I would have taken him first overall, and I think he's going to be really, really good. And I'm really buying into it. I'm starting to believe, and uh, he, I'm just so adamant that like in fantasy, there's no yeah. way this guy fails. It's, it there's no like there's no chance. It's literally impossible. Outside of injury, there's no way in my mind I can see him going. He I can't see him being finishing below quarterback twelve. Assuming this is assuming no injury, and if he was able to start the whole entire season, mm-hmm. there's no way there's no way in my mind that this guy could not be at anything other than a top twelve fantasy quarterback. It's just impossible with the rushing floor that he provides, and uh, just to build on top of that, I mean. Uh, God, I love I. I don't know if you guys remember how much I loved Justin Fields coming out, and I still do. But it's hard to argue with the upside of this guy. I mean, wow. Uh, Jack, do you have anything on the Colts here? I don't. I was only gonna echo or just sing the praises of Richardson more because I really like him as well. Um, just a different style of quarterback than what they've had the past however many years. Um, I mean Manning and Luck, and then. What they had, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz a little bit, Brissett, like not, not athletic quarterbacks like Richardson. So, 
So this is uh, it's going to be interesting what they do. And yeah, Steichen with what he did with Hertz, could see yeah. that translating over here. So it's well, gonna so I was going to say Mitchell, if, if we want to talk about fantasy for Richardson, what was where did Hertz finish? Uh, not not this past year, but the year before when like the passing was kind of a concern. Still, he was still a top ten fantasy quarterback, wasn't he? Like easily, uh, I don't. Five. I don't know off the top of my head, and I'll I'll look that up. But I, I he's I would have to agree. I mean, he has to have like been at Steichen's, least top. Steichen's offense just it, it lends itself to you know if if the passing game isn't quite working, there, there's so many options with with running the ball. And like we have to remember too, like he, he's got Jonathan Taylor to to play with. Like it, this team's exciting, and like you have to you have to think that the O line's gonna kind of maybe return to what they were kind of supposed to be or touted as originally. But yeah, I, I think that I think there's a really high ceiling with this team. I agree. Uh, he was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He was QB nine. And that was before he learned how to throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. QB nine. And that year he had, 16 passing touchdowns and nine interceptions only completing completing 61% of his passes. Yeah. So like if we're looking at Richardson, you're talking about a better athlete with a better arm. Maybe the accuracy still isn't there obviously, but like the, I mean, it feels like the fantasy floor is pretty good. Exactly. All right. The Jacksonville Jaguars had a lot of picks similar to the Patriots. Uh, they go Anton Harrison at pick 28 after they were the ones that traded down. They traded down twice. They traded yep. back yeah. one spot, uh, with New York giants. And then they traded back again when the bills jumped the Cowboys. So they get Anton Harrison tackle from Oklahoma. Uh, you know, especially with the news coming out, I think either the day or two before that cam Robinson is uh, most likely going to be suspended for a large portion, if not the entire season. Uh, they also go Britton Strange, tight end from Penn State. In the late second, they go Tank Bigsby in the third. And then from there, they got a, a bunch of other guys. Isn't it, this is fun. They got a pit. They got a Rutgers and a pit guy later on in the draft. They're having, um, They're having a lot of fun. Antonio Johnson, I think a notable name to mention as mm-hmm. well. Safety, I feel like he could have definitely gone in the third. They got him in the late fifth. Uh, Parker Washington in the sixth, and I think that's pretty much everyone of note. And uh, do we want to discuss a little bit, or are we going to call? We have a we have a call for this one potentially if they pick up. Go call first. Go call first. Okay. All right, I'm gonna. Third time's a charm. I can feel it. Oh yeah, I can just group call both of them. I think. And I forget. Goes. Did you did you say? You mentioned this to them or no? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Will we go 0 for 3? I have my Titans guy ready to go. Ready to go. All right. Well, that would be a real shame if we went 0 for 4 then at that point. But you know, uh, <laughs> that would be a real shame. It'd be, <laughs> be egg on my face for sure. So this is Andy Willis and Eric Dunn uh, of the Dunn and Drew podcast that Jack is a part of. And their team Dunn and Drew in our trivia league as well. So we will see. An oh, we do. Hello. Hey, do you guys hear him? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Uh, 
Andy, so I'm calling from Hogline currently. We're recording. Uh, uh, yes, it has. The league scared you, so they've requested it not to schedule. <laughs> Kidding. Um, no, this is our annual uh, post-draft episode where we just call a bunch of fans of teams and just their, want to hear their, their brief thoughts on how their team did in the draft. So we're talking about the Jaguars, if you couldn't infer. Oh. Yeah. And you want to know how I feel about it? Just how you feel. Was it Paris? Parker Washington. <laughs> Parker Washington. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. So I said on our podcast, I was like, I'm not watching highlights of draft picks because what's the point of getting excited? But I think you can watch wide receiver highlights. Yeah, that they're right. Because like most he, most receivers that get drafted have some sick highlights. So yeah, I I can get behind that. And like ball is a ball in the air. Like it, <laughs> it and if it's a thick catch, it's a thick catch in the NFL as well. So that's true. I like uh I like his highlights. Not gonna watch Anton was it Henderson? Harrison. Close <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> How much I care. See, we're just picking so late, and I'm like, ah, whatever. I will say I wasn't a fan of the trade backs. Okay. You know, we had so many picks, so many fourth and fifth round picks. Like, come on, let's let's start trading up. Um, I hate that I like I let Jaguars Twitter sway some of my opinions, but I will say it kind of kind of dampened my enthusiasm about the tight end pick. Okay. Um, especially that was second round, right? Yeah, and sorry, Jaguars Twitter dampened your excitement, so they're not very high on it. Okay. We wanted, like, we need defense. Like, we don't have anyone that can convert Travis Kelsey. And uh, that's, like, the only thing I'm thinking about going into this season. And coming coming out of the draft, I still don't know if we do. So Well, we were just... Uh, talking about Antonio Johnson out of was he from A and M guys? I forget. A and M, yeah, yes. A&M. So he was taking the fifth round. A guy that mock drafts had going a little earlier. We kind of view that as a value, and maybe that exact pick was acquired from one of the tradebacks they did. So that could be, uh, yeah, and. An A and M fan messaged me after that pick, saying that we got a really good player. And was it was he hurt? Like, I don't know. Do you guys know? There was some injury concerns going into it, which might have been what the slip. Okay. Was. Yeah, we think there yeah. were some injury, possibly. Which Balky kind of likes to do that. He likes to take someone that slides because of injury concern. That's what he did with Walker Little, and Walker Little is. I think if he never got hurt, he would have been like a top tackle in his draft. I think we got him in the second or third round. Yeah. Um, okay. And he played extremely well for us late in the season last year. Right. Um, so if this is a player that was hurt and kind of fell in the draft because of that, I, PFF had him as their number one slot corner. Even number one rated slot corner. Even above Brian Branch. Well, maybe he wasn't listed as a slot corner. I think yeah, he might have been. Great 
as a safety. Well, because, okay. Yeah, I was looking at depth chart. I thought they had, maybe just the depth chart I was looking at, they had, uh, I mean, no one knows at this point, I guess. They had Antonio Johnson as a safety. But yeah, I mean, you could throw him around on the secondary, which is good. The secondary that I thought in the Jags that need help in a lot of places, or could use help at least, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Florida linebacker to uh, Jaguars Twitter isn't big on, like, hmm. like taking a, I believe he's a middle linebacker, like when we have linebackers everywhere. Like, Bonky loves drafting running backs and linebackers. It's kind of <laughs> interesting. Yeah, he, I mean, ETN in the first, Devin Lloyd in the first in recent drafts. Yeah, I guess you're, uh, you got a point there. Thank you. <laughs> um. I do you guys have any other questions that you'd like to ask our Jaguars fan here? I thought he any covered any questions. What did you say? Pretty, I thought he oh. covered everything pretty well. I yeah. I agree with him on the trade down. I thought I feel like they're a team that should be a little more in win now mode that maybe could get some more day one starters, but they they did not. Yeah, agree. Like I really wanted Brian Branch. I figured everyone did. I I would have been hard to trade up in this. Uh, I can't remember where he went. No, he, 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 went went the, uh, him. he went to the Lions in the second round. I don't know where. They have a bunch of picks. So I don't know where that was. Um, Mitchell, did you have something to say? Uh, not really. I mean, I if if anyone wants to hear an in-depth uh, talk about the Jaguars draft, you can check out the latest episode of Dunn and Drew. Oh, uh, dr- dropped two day, or yesterday earlier yesterday um so i i got you know the gist of of all three of your thoughts uh when i listened so but yeah but yeah well, i appreciate that because i don't recall us going very in depth um but i think actually this might this might be the best in-depth jaguars talk that i've done in the last since the draft really. <laughs> Love it. well i know yeah eric was definitely you know singing the praises of uh i remember you know at one point in the episode He's like, man, I can't wait to see Parker Washington and Joey Porter Jr. line up across from each other. And you were very adamant that uh, that that was not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I am. <laughs> I did since watch uh, his highlights, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, there's something there. Really bad. I like this. Uh, right. I guess I guess that wraps up our Jags talk. Um, yeah, sorry, to, sorry to end this, but uh. We appreciate your your expert expert analyses here. Your love of the Jags. Yeah, that's see spontaneous. That's how I like it. So um, Shref said maybe we should text the people that we were thinking about calling prior. I was I was like, no, I like the spontaneity to it. And then our first two calls didn't answer. So <laughs> yeah, I think we're breaking even right now in terms of who's yeah. right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Andy. See ya. That was good. That made up for the first two calls. You guys heard it well? Yeah, uh, it was fine. Once he like started talking for a little while, it came in more clear. But when he like first started to talk in a particular time, it was a little bit of a, you know, in and out. But I think for the most part... We got the main per- gist of everything he was saying. We were good. Right, exactly. Um. Okay. So now... We move on to the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. who, you know, a lot of speculation with them. Are they going to trade up to three? 
Uh, are they going to get a quarterback? Well, we got answers to those questions. They did not trade up to three. However, they did get a quarterback. Uh, they get Peter Skaronsky, who we talked about a lot in our mock draft episode at 11 overall, uh, which they desperately needed offensive line help. Uh, so that really helped them out there. And they have they stopped the slide of Will Levis with the second pick in day two, um, which was, you know, maybe other than the Texans trade up, that was probably the most notable storyline, I would say, of oh, night yeah. one of the draft. A guy who's widely mocked to go top 10, even top five in a lot of cases to the Colts, uh, slides completely out of the first round. So that was very shocking. But the Titans get him at, uh, at pick 33 overall. Yeah, 33. Uh, they also get Tajay Spears, uh, running back out of Tulane in the third. And they also get Josh Wiley, tight end out of Cincinnati in the fifth. Jalen Duncan, tackle out of Maryland in the sixth. And Colton Dowell, wide receiver in the seventh. So definitely address the offensive line with their first overall pick and in, in later on in the draft, which I think was definitely helpful for them. Um, and I'm air, very interested. We have another caller for the Titans here. It's uh, Shref's friend, Jared. And I'm excited mm-hmm. and uh, I'm very intrigued to hear what he has to say about Will Levis and uh, you know whether this means that he will start the season as the backup. Third string, will he challenge Tannehill to get some snaps early on? So uh, why don't we give him a call and find out what he has to say? Yeah, I... I've gotten to hear most of his opinions, so I'm excited to see where this goes. But can you guys hear the ringing? Yes, we can. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me, Jared? I can. Can Can, you hear me? Can you guys hear him okay? Yes, we can. Yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Tierney, you are officially on the Hogline podcast. Uh, we have gone through, I believe, all of the other AFC South teams. We are now on the Tennessee Titans. Um, we would we would love to hear your thoughts on some of these picks. I'm sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you saved the best uh, team in the South for last? Yeah, like, yeah I, I think so. I think that's how we're grading it. <laughs> no, um... Obviously, I want to say thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank yeah, you. My um, my Thursday, the first day of the draft, went great. It was a phenomenal time. Passed on Will Levis the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got a great, uh, I think he'll play guard for us in uh, Skaronsky. I don't really know, though. Um, but, yeah, no, he seems like he can be like a 10-year starter type of guy which is what I'm hoping for. Um, and then you get to day two. <laughs> um, we'll go to the third round. Okay. Tajay Spears. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Spears would actually be a really good running back. Um, it's not going to be a long career, I feel like, with all the knee problems that I see that are shaping up. But for the time being and the way that uh, Rand Carthren seems to like his running backs as uh, I look at the 49ers in the past couple years. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to start being a running back by committee. Um, so I would Wait, not- can I ask a question? Jared, oh, yeah. Wait, Jared, we have a question for you. Uh, can you hear Can you hear me, Jared? Can, can you hear Jack through the, through the phone? Yes, I can. Oh, cool. Um, what do you think this means for the future of Derrick Henry in Tennessee? I think they 
just so I can enjoy it as a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the way that the Niners were using running backs the past couple of years, I think it's going to be more like going to the draft, find a guy into the, in the third, third to seventh round, and make him work. Um, Derek's 29. He might be 30 now. I think so. And who knows? Those guys don't have long lives in the NFL. And he's a big guy, so he is. I can definitely see it start going downhill. I don't want to say fast as a fan, but I could definitely see it starting to go downhill pretty fast. There's a running back who we've talked about on this show from Dallas who I feel like uh, kind of went through that that phase. So yeah, hopefully that isn't I the could, case. I could see him going down a similar path. I do. I will say Derrick Henry is way better than Zeke Elliott. There it is. I'm not sure uh, listens to this. Uh-huh, I hope he does too. <laughs> I mean, it's um, we can back you up. He is. I he guess is. we can go. We can go back to. Yeah, go back to the second round pick. Can you? Uh, the more you guys have me on here, the more I'll convince myself that he's going to be the guy. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't surprised when it happened. I didn't really like any of the quarterbacks in this draft class, to be honest with you. But the guy I did want was Stroud, and he's obviously in the division, which stings. Mm-hmm. But, and what stings even more, I sorry to interrupt again, uh, the Titans were oh, trying wait. to trade up for him. Oh, yeah, the oh, Titans sorry. were trying to trade up for Stroud, apparently, right? Is yes, that, yes, yeah. I did see that. I think that's uh, I think Vrabel is the one who leaked all of the, the S2 scores. Oh, you think he was trying to get – yeah, you might be right. I feel like he might have been. He <laughs> might be right. He might have leaked them. That's <laughs> awesome. Sense, Ohio State guys, you know, there's a little bit of connection there. Yeah, maybe. I didn't think about that till but, now. You know, I, I think Tannehill and Levis, they got some similarities – Coming out of college when, when Tannehill was coming out of college, I mean, they're both relatively athletic. Uh, they both trust their arms a lot, which can hurt them a lot. They can they love to fit it in tight windows. I've seen that with Tannehill way too often, and I'm ready to see it the next four years with Levis. <laughs> Not five years because you, uh, you don't get the fifth-year option too, by the way. Yeah, but I think that's better for it, us. It might be better in that situation. <laughs> it might At be better. For my well-being. Yeah. I don't know. Taking him in the second round, pick what was it, thirty-five or thirty-six? I think, I think. it was thirty-three, maybe thirty-four. Uh, it was. Really? It was. I mean, second round. Yeah, so early second, which I I think it'll be good value. And if you guys called me last year, I would have said the same exact thing about Malik. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> besides the point. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Levis. I hope hopefully he he changes my mind. I think he can. I think he can um, too. I mean, if you go back to 2021 and look at the stats and that and the game tape, he, he looks like a whole different quarterback. Mm-hmm. I get it. Kentucky lost a lot of guys. But, yeah, well, we do you want to go back to 2020 where he lost the starting job to Clifford? Oh, yeah. Well, Jared, that, that is a good point. If we want to go back more years, what about when he lost to Clifford uh, in the QB competition? The, the year prior. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't uh, excite me either. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, why would it? No, no, no. He's not. He's not very good. You're right. <laughs> so um, that worries me a little bit. But hey, maybe getting passed on the whole first round, yeah. getting shown on television 37 times, <laughs> can be like a little chip on his shoulder. And there I you hopefully, go. I would hey, not be surprised if before the season starts, probably like before the end of May. 
Tannehill's not on the team. Ooh. And they just oh. go full oh. Levis Willis. Yeah, interesting. Tannehill's a lot of money. He is. You, you, you think it's more likely? You think it's more likely that um? Shows some promise. What's up? You think it's more likely that Tannehill's gone rather than Willis before the season starts? Yeah, that's a great question because everything I read is that the Titans are fully out on Willis. The Titans are fully out on, or yeah, Willis. So like, right. it doesn't which doesn't make any sense to me because he what he played four games for us. And Dennis Daly was his left tackle. Hmm. So, like, it's... I just don't understand how you can be out on a guy that you drafted in the third round a year ago. <laughs> Which right. doesn't make much sense to me, but I think they would rather... I, I would rather them move on from Tannehill, save the money, hopefully use that money to maybe get a receiver so I don't have to see Nick westbrook Akinye out there as wide receiver, too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's a lot of question marks with this team, there and is. I don't like it <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, there you go. I do. I will say everything that I read about um, it was either the fifth or the sixth round guy, Jalen Duncan. Oh yeah, the, the Maryland offensive Maryland. tackle, underrated. Everything, everything I read from him is that he's like a specimen of an athlete, mm-hmm. and that he's. Uh, he was like top like fifty on a couple guys player uh, boards. He was, um, but he has some character issues, which reminds me of a Titans tackle that they took a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and he's no longer in the NFL anymore. Good old Isaiah Wilson, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, Rabel can straighten him up, and maybe we just got a stud left guard and left tackle in one draft. That would be pretty sweet. There you go for your new quarterback. Is too. He a left I think he played left in college, but it sounds like you can kind of move him wherever they need to. So yeah, yeah. No, I mean, as the, the draft as a whole, I respected them for going all offense. It's just um, you didn't like the I offensive players. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't mind the players. Hmm. I don't mind the tackle and the guard. The quarterback can win me over. <laughs> Fair um, enough. The tight end that they got, Josh Wiley, he reminds me a lot of, uh, he gives me Austin Hooper vibes. Oh, there you go. Some pass catcher, nothing crazy, nothing uh, nothing out of the ordinary with him. But yeah, them going all offense and not um, addressing the wide receiver position <laughs> did frustrate me a little bit, but... I, I don't even know. There's no good wide receiver free agents. Mm-hmm. There's we're really gonna roll out. No, you uh, could get Antonio Brown. Actually, <laughs> isn't, he, isn't he on the Ravens? Well, he said he's on the Ravens. They did. Isn't he about to go bankrupt? <laughs> the Ravens. The Ravens didn't say that he's on the Ravens though. That's the only issue. <laughs> oh, it was just him that said he was I, on the Ravens. I think so. <laughs> gotcha. That sounds about right. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Jared. I I appreciate all your input. Yeah, this is great. The last thing I will say, mm-hmm. it still will not shock me that the Mike Rabel led team if we're competing for the division. I don't disagree with that at all. It just won't. I, I agree. Don't change as much. They're still very good uh, in the front seven. It's just who the hell is going to be catching passes? Yeah, it just <laughs> it just might not be the most enjoyable season to watch, but it could still be a good yeah, season. No, I'm not going to have fun watching them, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Well, all right, Jerry, we appreciate everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys.
Appreciate it. All right. See hey, you, sir. Thanks, Jared. Uh, yeah, he uh, he lives and breathes the Titans, if you couldn't tell. So, yeah. <laughs> he was so polite. He oh, thanked yeah, really. us right off, right off the bat for for uh, yeah, coming he, on the show. I, he, I I got more of his uh, more of his unhinged thoughts, uh, like especially like while the picks were happening, which was even better because you're getting like the you're getting like the real raw reaction to it. Not the biggest fan of the Levis pick, but I like that's one of those situations where I think as you look at it, like more and more removed from the day, it's like yeah, I mean second round pick, take a flyer on him. Definitely going to come in with the the biggest chip in the world on his shoulder. So like I. I think it's a a decent value pick, honestly, at the end of the day. Yeah, it was, uh, that is true. And I think it was very interesting for him to point out all offensive players, which I didn't even realize till he said it, even though I have the positions right in front of me. Uh, that is a little concerning that they didn't, you know, I said on our mock draft episode, they let up the most passing yards per game last year, 32nd in the league. So, and I, I mean, I'm looking at their depth chart. They didn't really make any notable additions in the secondary. Uh, through free agency, I think they got Sean Murphy Bunting. I don't even know if he he might have been on the team last year. Was he? I don't even know. Uh, he might be new. He was he was a Buccaneer for a while. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't really find out from here. But oh yes, they signed him this year. Okay. Yeah. So he's the only addition, but again, not a major addition by any means. So that could still be a concern. But again, you know, Vrabel's a good coach in general and he's a defensive guy so he'll coach him up uh they get harold landry back on the defense too so that could help them as well and uh yeah i, I agree with that sentiment i i i do i could see this team with the t- talent wise i think it's a six win team but if they're floating around 500 i could definitely see that as well with the with the coaching so yeah the one thing about levis and he jared kind of mentioned it that it is interesting and you don't like it i feel like you don't see it too often but like if Levis really was their guy at the end of the day, then I get like you you, you got Skaronsky at eleven, and I guess he was probably higher on their board. But it's an interesting look, like passing over your QB once and then getting him back in the second when you thought, and I'm assuming most teams thought he was probably still going to be a first round pick somehow. But it's interesting. They're going to be a they're, that that whole division is going to be crazy to watch this year. It really will be Th- potentially three new quarterbacks, definitely two. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> pretty good. Uh, we'll move on here to the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs. They picked uh, FAU, the defensive end from KSU, uh, in the first. Then they get Rasheed Rice, wide receiver from SMU in the second. Uh, Wanya Morris, tackle from Oklahoma in the third. Uh, Chamari Connor, safety from Virginia Tech in the fourth. BJ Thompson, a outside linebacker from SF Austin. Uh, Keandre Coburn, defensive tackle from Texas, and Nick Jones, cornerback from Ball State. So, uh, the Chiefs. What do you guys think? I'll let. Uh, let's let Jack go first here. I don't think he's gone first in a while. So, what do you think of the Chiefs draft? Um, good. I mean, I feel like anything that Chiefs do is good. <laughs> it has been for the past couple years. Uh, interested to see what Rasheed Rice is going to be. They keep taking swings at these second-round receivers, going back to Mikkel Hardman a few years ago, and then... Uh, Sky Moore last year. Sky Moore, yeah. They traded for Tony, who was whatever, around that range. So, uh, yeah, interested to see. I mean, he's going to 
I heard their Andy Reid or who's their new OC? I have it up actually. That's a good question. I think Reed's Nagy. Oh, Nagy. Nagy's their oh, yeah. OC. One of them said that they expect Rashid Rice to fill the the juju role. Um, lot to ask out of a rookie is to be like their their best receiver, really, unless you trust MVS. Um, so I I don't know. Mahomes and they'll make it work. I guess maybe you could say how much was the enemy. He's not there. Um, there's that factor. Uh, this could be a team, although a report today that Cardinals and Hopkins are going to move forward together. Yeah. Midway through the season, if the Cardinals are going the wrong way, the Chiefs are what they are, but could use another piece. I could see that trade happening um, in season if it doesn't happen preseason, which I guess as of now, it shouldn't. They said they're going to move forward together. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's all I got on the Chiefs. What do you guys think? Um, I can I can piggyback you on Rasheed Rice. I believe if I'm not if I saw it correctly, I think him and Mahomes have worked out before together. And I, what I had seen, it sounded like Rasheed Rice might have been like a a hand picked Mahomes guy. Like make okay. sure you get this guy. So it's one of those things where like I I don't know all that much about him, but if Patrick Mahomes is like I want this guy on my team. I feel like other teams should have been trying to take him from them, but they did not. He's on their team, so it could be pretty good. Um, Felix Enodike Uzama, great name. Um, the Chiefs, I feel like recently, they just love taking like that end of the first edge rusher. Um, just another guy to add to the defensive rotation. Probably going to be good because he's going to the Chiefs. It's just the way this has been going. Uh, and then Wanya Morris, I thought was a pretty good value uh, tackle pick. Um, I know they lost. Is that is it Wiley? that went to Washington, I believe, their right tackle. Yeah, they um, did sign Juwan Taylor, too. They got, yeah, so they signed Juwan Taylor, but the, uh, Morris, I'm assuming, is going to be like your more of your swing tackle developmental guy. So, yeah, I mean, that obviously picking at the back end of every round makes it a little tough to find guys, but I thought I thought at least on, in, in their first three rounds, I thought, I, I thought they did a nice job. And it's the Chiefs, so really who cares? They're, they're going to be right back where they were this year probably. Yeah, personally, I'm not a Rasheed Rice guy. I think I, I'm not too big of a fan of his route running. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he had really, really good production at SMU, so I can't knock him for that. You know, you got to give credit where credit's due in that regard. Um, I just wasn't too big of a fan of it. And uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, the last thing I was going to say is the last time Mahomes handpicked a guy didn't work out too well with Clyde. So it's yeah, a good point. It's a good point. So maybe they should. Maybe Mahomes Veach, is a bad evaluator. Maybe Brett Veach should just do his job and stop asking Mahomes what he wants. <laughs> yeah, stop. yeah, that's a good point. He might be because right. he is a quarterback, not a general manager. So, mm-hmm. okay, we will move on here to the Denver Broncos, who did not have a first as a result of the Russell Wilson trade. They also didn't have too many picks in the draft, but. A lot of interesting names here. Uh, we got Marvin Mims, receiver from Oklahoma in the second. We had Drew Sanders, inside linebacker from Arkansas in the third. Riley Moss, corner from Iowa in the, in the third. J.L. Skinner, saved from Boise State in the sixth, which I thought he was going to go earlier than that. I guess a couple of these safeties dropped pretty far. And uh, Alex Forsyth. Forsyth, maybe. Forsyth. 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 from Oregon. Yeah. So uh, I guess I'll start here. I 
I actually think, you know, for the limited capital they had, I think they did a pretty good job. I'm really high on Drew Sanders. Mm-hmm. I think he's very versatile. He's got inside and outside capabilities. Uh, and Marvin Mims, I mean, he's a smaller guy, as, as a lot of these receivers are in the class. But uh, I, I think, you know, for what he is, I think he's a pretty good receiver. And uh, again, you know, the, the Broncos, they have Sutton and Judy and Tim Patrick. So, you know, a little bit of a crowded depth chart, but there's been whispers all offseason of, you know, Judy or Sutton potentially be on the blocks. Who knows? Uh, that maybe one of them could be out the door at some point. So note, note that Jerry Judy's fifth year option was picked up today. Okay, maybe so. so but then that's weird. I mean, they, personally, they I I wouldn't trade them if I I don't know why they're up. Of I mean, just because they had a bad year last year. But I mean, I think if you have any chance of turning it around, I think you want to keep those guys. So personally, I wouldn't trade them. But again, I like Marvin Mims. I like Drew Sanders a lot. I think that I really wanted the Steelers to maybe look at him in a. Uh, with our 49th pick. Uh, so that was something I may have gone there, but I think that was a great value in the third and uh, JL Skinner. I, I think, I mean, I, like I said, I thought he was definitely going to go earlier. And I, from what I saw and read, I mean, I think, he, I think that's a good value. So what do you guys think? Yeah. I, I was going to say like out of, out of the teams that had like limited capital in this draft, I think the Broncos had my favorite out of those teams like i'm thinking off the top of my head like obviously we covered miami already uh sam fran was one i think the browns weren't picking until the thirds so there there was multiple teams that didn't have a ton of capital and i thought the broncos used it the best um as i was looking through this i might have solved what we were trying to figure out with the receivers here so uh Cortland sutton's cap hit jumps up to 18 million this year mm. or five million so Picking up Judy's fifth year, drafting Mims this high as your first as your first draft pick might be writing on the wall. And like Tim, Tim Patrick, I think he's like six four. Like he he fills in that role of like a tall receipt, like a tall, bigger bodied receiver. If you want that, so I mean, we'll see. Maybe, maybe they really do like all four of these guys, and they'll use them all. But it seems like if one of those guys was going to be out of there, it could be Sutton. But I love the Mims pick. I think it's high upside. I think Oklahoma has a proven track record recently of producing pretty good receivers. Um, and by all accounts, it seems like this guy's at least in school was kind of right in line with them. So I like it. I think it's good value. And then Mitch, I'm right with you. The, the Drew Sanders pick was one of my favorites of this draft. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the lines at some point, but like Campbell going that high and Sanders falling all the way here is, is crazy to me. Like absolutely insane. I don't, I, I don't think the skill level is that far off. I think Sanders covers the field really well. He's just a, like a massive human being. I think on here it says six four two thirty five, and he runs well. Like, to, like he's, he's everything you'd look for in a linebacker in terms of up, upside potential. So in the third round, I love it. Riley Moss. Are we getting a white corner this year, boys? So you're going to overtake, is he going to overtake Patrick Sertain starting job? Well, either that or, overtake or, Mathis. or are they just going to move him to safety? Which they could I'm just do. kidding. But they also drafted JL Skinner, who I love that pick too. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought they just found value at pretty much every pick they had here, so I, you, you can't be mad at it with how many picks they had. Uh, last thing I just want to say on the Broncos, uh, fine draft, I guess. I'm a little less, I'm a little colder on Marvin Mims, I guess, than you, Mitchell. Um, Drew Sanders, great pick. Uh, I still. I question a little bit what they're going to 
They didn't address their pass rush. Uh, despite the defense being really good last year, they were bottom 10 in sacks, traded away Bradley Chubbs. So uh, they don't really have any marquee names to get after the quarterback, which you got to get after Mahomes, I guess, I and Allen Herbert. Now. I got in Zach Allen. I think that might be their big name now on the D-line. Yeah, like they but could use more. Like, that's, I mean, that's not big. So Vance Joseph's got to skein something up um, with this, with the the talent they have. Um, but yeah, it's it's not that exciting on the pass rush front. The secondary is still great, uh, which we touched on. Andrew Sanders adds to that that linebacker uh, room very well. So that's really the only hole I see in this team across the board. The offensive line's solid, good. Receiver room's got some guys. Javante Williams should be back and healthy. And then it's all it's on Russ. See what he can do in year two in Denver, and hopefully Sean Payton helps that. Um, for his sake, and, and yeah, who's their uh, who's the OC? Is it um? That's a good question, Joe Isn't Lombardi. Some, yeah, Joe Lombardi. Right, I knew oh, his yeah. like name. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And he's new there, so there's some there's there's some excitement to be had there. Still got to put it all together, I'd say, in a tough division and conference. I mean, all these teams, so. Yeah, we put a wrap with the Broncos there. Who'll be next? Chargers? Los Angeles Chargers are next. Uh, they, you know, the story with them is the plethora of TCU players that they selected. Uh, Quentin Johnson with their first round pick at pick 22. They were heavily rumored to get a pass catcher, so no surprise there. Uh, Tulu. To a Palutatu. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Everyone knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, outside linebacker from USC in the second. Dayon Henley, inside oh, linebacker from Washington State in the third. Darius Davis, the other TCU receiver in the fourth. Jordan McFadden, guard from Clemson in the fifth. Scott Matlock, uh, tackle, defensive tackle from Boise State in the sixth. And Max Duggan in the seventh. So, yeah. I mean... I'm also not a big Quentin Johnston fan either, but uh, I I understand the philosophy of trying to solidify that third receiver position. I think in our mock draft, I had the Chargers. I had them taking Addison, which they could have done. And I I mean, I would have done it because that's what I did in our mock draft. But regardless, I mean, I, I understand the philosophy of trying to solidify that third receiver, uh, especially with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams getting up there in age. And you got to, I think I said this exact phrase last episode, but replenish the weapons for Justin Herbert. So, although it's he wasn't my favorite prospect at that that uh, selection, I, I can't really fault them for the I, the ideology of it. So, um, the rest of their draft, I mean, I don't know too much about these players, so I don't really want to comment too much. But I mean, hey, I mean the Chargers are right there, and if if just one or two of these guys pans out to be a really impactful player year one. Maybe it'll uh, give them the edge they need to go further in the playoffs. So I, um, I was, I was okay with the chargers draft. I thought I, I do agree with you. If I was in their position, I, I, I think I'm going Addison over Quentin Johnson, but I guess like if I'm looking at it from their perspective, I'm assuming that they maybe want him to kind of, learn under Mike Williams a little bit and maybe turn into kind of what, what he is when he's fully healthy. 
Um, so I can't fault him too much for it. I really like the Tui Pulotu pick. Uh, hard to say his name, but I have seen enough of him. Um, just a small, not not small. He's six three two sixty six, but obviously, like he's he's going to be playing on that edge more. But I I just like bringing him in as a, as a rotational guy behind your already pretty good edge duo. Obviously, um, Diane Henley, one of my favorites. Uh, linebackers are always like a, a guilty pleasure of mine to like watch when the draft's getting ready. Um, this class was overall pretty weak, but. This guy just flies around, like just plays at a thousand miles an hour every single play, pretty much. Um, can cover a little bit, can play the run, can kind of do it all. Like these, these, uh, these mid-round linebacker picks, I thought were really high value in this draft. Even though, you know, you had one guy go high, but I, I thought there was good value with these later guys. So, yeah, I can't be too upset about it. And then, obviously, Duggan in the seventh is a fun one. So, all the TCU boys are getting back together. It's a good time. Um. I kind of just agree with both you guys said. I don't like the Quentin Johnson pick. Uh, just don't like him as a prospect, really. Uh, Tua Pelotu led the FBS in sacks last year. Very productive at USC. And like as Treff said, uh, a great depth addition to Bosa and Khalil Mack, who are still good, but they're getting up there in age and haven't been too healthy, the both of them, in recent years or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, Still, their rush defense isn't great. I mean, it wasn't great last year, and I thought they'd maybe spend more draft capital or maybe free agency on their defensive line up front, their front four. Um, I guess and really in the middle, at like the nose or defensive tackle. Um, still a little bit of a concern, but uh, Diane Henley, the uh, yeah, the linebacker chef said that should help. They acquired Eric Kendricks in free agency, so hopefully those two could help in in the ground game and defending the ground game. Um, because I, I, I still question the talent they have at in the, the, the tackle position. So, um, I think that's all I got in the chargers. TCU trio reunite is cool. In SoFi where they got crushed 64, 65 to seven. I kind of forgot about that. That's tough. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, the last thing I'll say on them is uh, I really hope Max Duggan can beat out Easton Stick for the QB2 position. And not not that we ever want to see Justin Herbert get hurt, but if for some reason he does, I think it would be very fun. You know, you don't want to see a full season of Max Duggan in the NFL, personally, uh, but I think it'd be really fun for, like, short short increments, if if called upon. So that would be interesting. Oh. One other point I wanted to bring up as well. Are we surprised they didn't go running back with uh, Eckler's contract situation still kind of in flux? It's interesting. I, I've heard people talk about it. I, I think it's at a point where, like, it sucks to say, but I think Eckler's probably realizing, like, he's just not going to get the type of deal that he thinks he deserves. And it's just it's the way that this market has moved. And it's unfortunate, but it's... I. I I don't know if maybe I, I think it's one of those things where like the grass isn't always greener on the other side type of deal. Like I don't I don't know where he would go really that like has like a huge huge like gaping need for a running back. Like I I think he's a charger and I think that's just how it's going to be. If he so the contract is is it for what was it was it 4 million a year? Is that what it was, Mitchell? I think it's 6 million a year. 6 million. Yeah, it goes 4 for 24, I think. 
I guess whenever that was, like he signed in twenty twenty before twenty twenty. Uh, he's gonna be what like a twenty nine year old running back yeah. after this year. What if I know, and we've had a history of saying how insanely what a bargain the cheat charger chargers have gotten on this contract, and he deserves more money. What if, like, after this year, they just give him the same contract? I, and like, I feel like the market could dictate a twenty-nine running back like getting that. I don't know if he if he if he comes out healthy and still does his like how many like <laughs> like I don't know twenty-five 20 touchdowns, touchdowns total. Like, it, he's got to get more than that in the free agency market. But you think, but how? I don't think you get that much like it's just there there it seems like there aren't that many teams that are that willing to shell out for running back like like i yeah speaking speaking as someone speaking as someone who just experienced the whole situation with sanders leaving and then obviously all the rumors about Bijan. like they're it's becoming more and more apparent that these these gms are starting to really be out on paying their guys it's just so unfair what i was gonna say is that but it, yeah, not only he has the running back market working against him, but I still think if if Austin Eckler was a first round pick, he'd be making way more money. There, he Definitely. still has that UDFA stigma attached to him, even though he's literally scored like twenty touchdowns back to back seasons. Like this guy is an absolute machine. If he was a first round pick, there's no doubt in my mind that he'd be he, he, he would have gotten that make so much more money. He'd gotten a good one, yeah. I'm gonna I, was just, I, w- I was just a little bit surprised because I know they've invested in the running back position in the in the previous yeah. three drafts with Roundtree and Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly, but they haven't looked good at all. So I would and with with Eckler's age, he is a little bit of a smaller guy. Um, I, I would think that they would want more of a competent backup, maybe in the third or fourth. But hey, they didn't go that direction. So I love Eckler. He's been on my fantasy team the past maybe the past year. I don't know, but like. Having him a fantasy, like you love him, <laughs> and I, he's good. I think as a football player, he and I hate saying this; it's hypocritical. But like, yeah, I feel like he does get a little overrated. Like he, if he went to another team, like it, his success, he's good. I really don't want to take away from it. What we the discussion we've been having, and we're going really deep into Austin Eckler when this supposed to be draft talk, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, like when he scores that much, yeah, the te- like he has to be doing something. I really think it's scheme dependent on like the touchdowns he's getting is kind of contingent on the scheme. Like Herbert checks down to him like ten times a game. He gets gets so many touches, and I don't know. I mean, credit to him for like being able to stay healthy. But if you give other running backs, other replacement other running backs, like the, the the workload he gets, like I don't think the production is gonna drop off that much. And I don't know, like you, you put him in another system, like you can't give him. I guess because really because of his size, like can you give him like twenty to twenty five carries? I I don't think so. So that's why I I don't know. I don't see the market being there for him. And I think maybe he should just. If <laughs> I want to broker this deal and just say Chargers give him the same deal, a four get a four year deal at a twenty nine year running back. That's pretty hard. So I mean I don't know that could offer some sense of security. 
it's six million. It's, a year it's interesting. It's interesting because it seems like he's like all ready to go, but like I, his best situation is where he is. If we're talking about just right. straight up production and playing time and snaps, like I, like he's in the he's in his best situation. And Dave Montgomery got six a year, right? He got three for eighteen. Yeah, Montgomery's also twenty five. Right. So level that out with Eckler has proven with more production, but he's gonna he's a couple years older. I don't know. Is that fair? It's just tough. They run into the ground so quick. Hope he's listening. Yeah. Yeah. He, he comes and he comes and beats us up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as much as I would love to talk more about Austin Eckler. That wasn't sarcastic. Let's have a whole episode about it. Let's do a third. It, let's do a third part to this on Austin Eckler talk. It, it, I, <laughs> I like the way that I like how this conversation is going, but we do have to move on. So we'll move hmm. on to the Raiders here. Uh, selected Tyree Wilson seventh overall, uh, a guy that many people had going top five. So he did slide slightly. Uh, Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame, who a lot of people had going in the first, uh, ends up going with the fourth pick in the second round. Uh, also get Byron Young, defensive tackle from Bama, Trey Tucker, receiver from Cincinnati. Not going to try this first name, but uh, cornerback Jacarion Bennett from Maryland. Aiden O'Connell, quarterback from Purdue in the fourth. Uh, that was a very interesting pick. We'll, we'll discuss that for a little bit here. Christopher Smith, safety from Georgia. Amari Burn, Bernie, uh, linebacker from Florida. And Nesta Jade Silvera, defensive tackle from Arizona State. Uh, let's start with Tyree Wilson. Um, you know, obviously the, the big thing with him is that he's humongous, all this athletic upside, um, but still needs to kind of put it all together here. So, Kind of a low floor, high ceiling pick here for the Raiders. And, you know, if he pans out, I mean, look out. You got Max Crosby and Tyree Wilson. That's uh, That would be pretty terrifying. So if it all, you know, he develops the way that, you know, they're planning to. Yeah. I uh, I, I ended up liking their draft, honestly. Um, I think what, one thing with Wilson that... Uh, I think will help is I, I believe Chandler Jones is in the last year of his deal coming up here, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, out of all people to learn from, I feel like Chandler Jones is a pretty good one to kind of learn under. Not going to have to be like a day one impact guy, I don't think, which is good. Michael Mayer, I thought was one of the bigger value picks, even though you look at it, it's like second round pick, but like I, this was a weak draft class. I think it's hard to say that Michael Mayer wasn't like a top 15 player in this class, maybe. Like, just, I mean, you know exactly what you're getting out of him, and I don't see how he doesn't just continue to do that every single time. So, you, I mean, in terms of getting a Waller successor, I, I think they did pretty good. Um, I also, the other pick I wanted to shout out is Christopher Smith down in the fifth round. I, 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 we said it about, I said it about the linebacks. I think the safeties were the same way where, like, it seems like the NFL as a whole was just so out on these position groups in terms of the players that were in the class that I think some legit like diamonds in the rough kind of slipped a little bit at those positions. We talked about Drew Sanders going like falling where he did. I I, I thought Christopher Smith was a great value pick in the fifth. So I yeah I they didn't I, I was I was glad with the Raiders. I feel like normally we're used to the Raiders like especially in the Gruden era just making like some absurd picks. Uh, and like higher than anyone would have made them. So I, I thought in this situation, they actually kind of stayed within themselves and 
didn't didn't like tank their draft by just doing something absurd. I thought they made all all the right picks overall. Uh, go ahead, Jack. Then I'll comment. I don't have too much on the Raiders. Like I'm not that big on them. I mean the the hurt the Tyree Wilson pick was great. Kind of fell to them at seven, and that's a good pass rushing trio they got with Crosby, Chandler, Jones. Oh, I kind of feel like I had a down year. Uh, yeah, him. I think it's I think it's the last year of his deal. So this is kind of like a you know a little bit of a prove it type thing. Over. Yeah. Um. But their secondary still needs work. I mean, that was, wasn't that their their huge weakness last year? They didn't really address it. I thought they were. I once again, this is another Christian Gonzalez argument. But like, I yeah, you're in that division. Been, you're you're playing Mahomes and Herbert twice a year. I, I feel like you need a guy. Right, and like, can they? They can't keep up on offense. Like, no, I don't know. Like Jimmy G, Devontae. I guess like Michael Mayer isn't like a he's not a Dalton Kincaid type pass catcher. Uh, he's in with a run game. The offensive line's not elite by any means. So it's just I guess they did fine uh, draft wise, but I'm still not very optimistic about them. And I mean McDaniel's is stinks. <laughs> so. Yeah, it- it feels like they're doing two things at once. It seems like they're prepping for the future while like also still trying to win now. Like that, like that Garoppolo deal plus like the Adams, like getting them like it. These feel like deals where they're like we're we're just trying to like hang on and like really make this work. And it's like I sometimes I think you just have to accept that it might be a little bit before you're where you think you're supposed to be. So like you yeah. said, investing in that secondary might have been. But it, yeah, but then they they traded away Waller. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what I mean. Like none of what like it, they're going mm. back and forth. It feels like on everything, and I, it's not the way you want to be running your team. I don't think. Like they'll be mid pack, but like how strong their division, the conference is. Like they're gonna. I feel like they'll be bottom of the AFC. Yeah, I agree. The last thing I'll say is, I mean, I just don't really get the Aiden O'Connell pick in the fourth. Um, He's high. Another, you know, and we'll talk about next episode, another older quarterback that also went in the fourth round. Um, but again, Aiden O'Connell is a week younger than me. He's been in college since 2017. And like, his stats are okay. Like, you look at it, he's got 3,500 yards last year, 22 touchdowns and 13 picks, 64% completion percentage. But again, like, I don't know. This guy, I, didn't, I would not have them there i i don't remember and exactly recall who was on the board at the time but i would have to think there'd be some other players and positions they could have looked at at this point so not a big fan of that one okay we are through with the afc west we'll move on to our final division here today in the afc north uh let's end with the steelers so we'll go with the uh we'll, we'll start here with the browns again did not have many picks early on. I mean, they had some in, in day, they had a decent amount in day three, but you know, I uh, I hate to admit it, but I think they did a really good job. I did too. I mean, I really like C- Cedric Tillman. I mean, he's coming off an injury, but pretty good production in the year prior. Uh, I like that defensive tackle from Baylor they got. Uh, Sakai Aika. He's like a Vita Vea type guy. Uh, not going to offer much in the 
not going to offer much in the pass rush, but run stuffer. I think the Browns kind of need that. Uh, Dewan Jones, we were talking about him in the early second or just mid second round, but he went in the fourth. Uh, and Luke Whipler, another offensive, uh, uh, sorry, Ohio State offensive lineman. They get in the sixth. I was looking at him in the maybe third round for the Steelers. So I think that was really good value. Dorian Thompson Robinson, too. I mean, yep. I think that's a guy who you'd take in the fourth or fifth round. Sneaky. I, you I know, not, a, not an Aiden O'Connell or Stetson Bennett type guy. I mean, I think Sean like Clifford. Thompson, yeah, like Thompson Robinson. I mean, yeah, he has his limitations and everything, but I think that's a guy I would rather take a shot on at that point than than a twenty five year old Stetson Bennett or Aiden O'Connell. So, I mean, I really like what they did. I mean, it's hard to come up with a really good impactful draft when you don't have a first or second round pick. But uh, in my opinion, I think they did just that. So, I mean. I don't like. I hate the Browns, but hats off to them. I got to respect it. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Jack. Give your thoughts. Um, I don't know. They did fine. Uh, I'm not like over the moon, like as you are about them in this draft. Dewan jo- Jones seems like a good value in the fourth. Um. They have, I mean, their offensive line's great, and they add in with to give some tackle depth to Dedrick Wills, who I think they picked up his fifth year. And uh, who's on the other side? Um, Conklin. Yeah, yeah, Jack Conklin. I don't know. Sorry, did you mention Cedric Tillman? I may have missed that. I did. Yep. Uh, I guess it's kind of what they they bring in Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper still there. I guess it's kind of pushed DPJ out the door. Um, He's not out the door. I think he'll still be a rotational fourth guy. Well, yeah, for this I, I can't imagine they bring him back after this year. It's his last year. He's a 2020 class, so and they, I feel like they they're at least similar size. So, um, what well, did they do anything with defense? Sakai, you said. Siaki Ika. And, Siaki, uh, yeah. Sorry, Isaiah McGuire was another little sneaky one that I, I thought he was going to go higher than he did. I don't know much yeah. about him. I just know based on what I saw that a lot of people had him higher than where he was selected. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the thing with the Brown is they've always, the past three years, they've looked good on paper. Yep. It's the same but uh, they year. can't put it together, so... Yeah, a lot of high upside though. I the the DTR pick I could like I I wanted the I I thought there was a chance that the Eagles might have considered doing something a little early with him just to bring him in as a as your Hurts backup. But um, yeah, I, I I like it. I I love Cedric Tillman as much as you do, Mitchell. I think with uh with Peoples Jones, I think it could be a situation where they go into the season expecting DPJ to be that, and I think by the end of training camp going into the season, I think we could see Tillman kind of stealing that spot from him. So. Yeah, I, once again, for, for what they had, I thought they did about as good as they could have done, probably. Okay, we'll move on here to the Baltimore Ravens. They picked at 22, I believe. And uh, they go Zay Flowers, a player that I like a lot. I know that Jack is decently high on. Um, I think Shreff is too, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Flowers. 
Trenton Simpson, inside linebacker from Clemson. Uh, I think originally a lot of people had him going in pretty solidified in the first, but then he kind of fell towards the end of the process. So they pick him up in the third. Tavis Robinson, uh, another linebacker from Ole Miss in the fourth. Kai Blue Kelly. That's a fun name. name. Corner from Stanford in the fifth. Oh, boy. Hard name. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, it now. <laughs> that's a, we're going to call him M-A-L. That's M-A-L. his initials. M-A-L, <laughs> the tackle from Oregon. You know him. And uh, Andrew Voorhees. That's an interesting pick there in the seventh. Guard from USC. A guy that, you know, he just tore his ACL. Um, so this is a guy that probably will be red-shirted his rookie year, if you will. Uh, but much, yeah. if he didn't tear his ACL, this guy would have w- probably would have went much higher. So I think it's 1000% worth it in the seventh round. So, uh, yeah, overall, I think they did a decent job. I mean, they needed to address the receiver position where, you know, Bateman hasn't really been able to stay healthy. Odell is 30 years old and coming off a billion type of injuries. So, you know, with, with solidifying Lamar back in there, which happened, uh, was that the day of the draft? I think like yep. the morning of. Yeah. Afternoon. Yeah. So, so yeah, right, right, on, right as the uh, draft was approaching, they lock him into a long-term deal. Finally, after months and months of speculation, but uh, yeah, I think Zay Flowers, great pick for them. I uh, like I said in our mock draft episode, there's only three guys I would have taken in the first. It would be Smith and Jigba, Addison and Flowers, and um, I mean, again, I don't, I don't have too much of a preference of Addison or Flowers. So, and they, they decided to go with Zay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't complain. I think they did a decent job. I agree. I, 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 I for one was shocked that once again, that the chargers, like I had flowers and Addison were both still on the board, right? Or did, did flowers go before Johnston did? Nope. It went Johnston flowers, then Addison. Yeah, I would have taken both of them over Johnston. So it's one of those situations where the the Vikings and the Ravens were both uh, beneficiaries of that pick, in my opinion. I I think he's going to be perfect for Lamar. I think he gives you a, a little, just a little more dynamic. I think he's, I think he was, I mean, he obviously misses Hollywood Brown. That was that was his guy. But like that, I think he kind of gives you the opportunity to maybe replace that a little. We're going to see. Um, and then I think I also saw did did Patrick Queen's fifth year option not get picked up? It did not. So that's that, that's interesting when talking about Trenton Simpson. You have to wonder if maybe there's maybe that's a writing on the wall situation in terms of what they're expecting to do. Um, but yeah, like not not too many picks. I really like the Voorhees pick, especially with the Ravens. I feel like they're always good at kind of finding these guys. But give them a give them a redshirt year, let them go and work with an NFL uh, training and like recovery staff and get that going. And I mean, it's a like you said, it's a really uh, high that like high value high upside pick. If, it works out. It's the it's the biggest steal of this draft for them. So, once again, not many picks, but I like what they did with them. Okay. Uh, should we move on to the Bengals? Yep. All right. So Cincinnati picking at twenty nine uh, in the first. They get Miles Murphy, edge from Clemson, DJ Turner, corner from Michigan, Jordan Battle, safety from Bama. Charlie Jones, receiver from Purdue. Chase Brown, running back from Illinois. Andre Asovas. Sorry, Andre. Uh, wide receiver from Princeton. Brad Robbins, a punter from Michigan. And DJ Ivy, corner from Miami. 
Uh, I have a couple thoughts on the Bengals here. Number one, uh, I still is a concern in my book, but I was still very concerned that they lost both of their starting safeties this year uh, in Bates and Von Bell. So, you know, they, they put some investment in the secondary, which I, I think that they needed to do in the, with their second and third round pick. So um, we'll see how they turn out. So I, again, I thought that was a good decision. Uh, I already didn't like miles Murphy, but then Jack last episode really kind of soured my opinion and validated that even further. So don't love that pick there. Uh, I think maybe, I mean, fortunately for the Steelers, which we'll get to next, uh, J- JPJ fell to us, but I think that could have been a, a look there for them at 29. And uh, two guys I do think decent value here. Uh, I really like Charlie Jones uh, from what I've read about him. And also interesting tidbit, Steve Smith, uh, the legendary Steve Smith, who, you know, the Panthers and Ravens, Steve Smith. Um, he really was high on Cooper Cup in 2017. And he's also been on record saying he's really high on Charlie Jones. Yes, he is. So, you could see that uh, Steve Smith has maybe a knack for evaluating receivers, and he likes Charlie Jones. So, I've seen a few Steve Smith clips on YouTube. He's entertaining, but is he just high on everyone? I feel like he just like gets hype and like wants to hype up like for like as a former player wants to hype up players coming up. I, I need to I need to consume all of his content to see like how wide of a net he's casting on these pro is he just gonna claim all of them that is true on that i don't know that's a fair point maybe that'll be your homework but But i i I mean hey i'll trust the heat i love what he said about joe putter jr so i'm gonna i'm gonna believe him yeah uh so i think charlie jones is an interesting one i mean from a dynasty perspective that landing spot's a little rough i mean you know who knows maybe they could trade t higgins and Jones could work his way up the depth chart, but uh, for now, I mean, it's still very crowded receiving room, obviously. And Chase Brown, another interesting guy. I mean, he's a little bit of an older running back, but he was the fourth leading rusher in college last year at Illinois. He had 16, yeah, 1643 rushing yards last year. So, I mean, he's a pretty all around. He doesn't do anything spectacular, but he doesn't have too many faults in his game type of prospect from what I've, from what I've read. And, uh, I think he's interesting, especially with you know the the up in the air of Joe Mixon, as that's been talked about all off season. He's going to get cut, traded, suspended, whatever. Uh, they don't have Samaj P. Run anymore, so that RB two position is wide open in Cincinnati. I mean, you got Travion Williams and Chris Evans, and now Chase Brown, so he could definitely see some work early on. Uh, so that's interesting to monitor as well. I also didn't know he's uh, identical twins with Sidney Brown, the safety from uh, also went to Illinois. So I just found that out like a week ago. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I think that I, again, I think that's a decent pick for a fifth round pick. Um, I like that value. And uh, yeah, overall, again, I didn't love miles Murphy, but there are later round picks. I, I, I could definitely get behind. Yeah. I like that take. I think, I think Murphy Murphy's an interesting one. I think I think if he goes if he goes ten picks higher, I think I'd I'd think about it a lot differently. But I think at twenty nine, I'm I'm okay with the with taking the flyer on him. Um, I love the DJ Turner pick. 
uh, one of the most athletic corners in the draft. And then once again, I, I talked about it with these safeties, but I like Jordan Battle falling onto the third is crazy to me. Crazy to me. Was DJ Turner the guy we were talking about that ran like four two six? I think that's he was. It was something along those lines. He was. He blew up the combine. Um, yeah, I don't. I I just like the Jordan Battle pick still confuses me just in terms of how he fell that far. But I like the Chase Brown pick. I, once again, I thought I thought for the for the pick I had going at, like like I said going going end of every round makes it a little tough. But I thought they I thought they did okay for what they had. I love the secondary additions. I I, I think they're both going to be contributors pretty pretty early on. Yeah, they definitely needed to do that. Um, okay. We we start here, we end here. Why do I say we start here? We end here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh a team that we have been following so closely our whole lives. Um, but just especially in this draft season, like what are we gonna do at 14? We have this extra second and all that. So um everyone from what I've seen, I haven't seen anyone that dislikes the Steelers draft. They've been consistently in the top five in draft grades, which kind of scares me because, like, if everyone loves it, like, I feel like it's kind of cursed. So, that's, I'm, yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm kind of overthinking it here, but I'll just read off the picks just in case anyone doesn't know. But Broderick Jones at 14, we trade up from 17 um, to get that pick. And what we gave up pick 120, I believe, in that yes, trade, fourth rounder, which we eventually got back. Um, but we get Joey Porter Jr. at pick number one in the second round. We were all hoping for it, and it finally came to fruition. Uh, that was a, it was a long 24 hours or 22 hours uh, waiting for that pick. Um, but we finally get him there. And Keanu Benton, defensive tackle from Wisconsin uh, with our other second round pick. Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia, 6'7", 275. Uh, in the end of the third round, Nick Herbig, uh, whose brother Nate we signed in the offseason. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Corey Trice in the seventh corner from Purdue and Spencer Anderson, a guard from Maryland, also in the seventh. Um, yeah, I mean, I, full disclosure, when we traded up from 17 to 14, I wanted Christian Gonzalez. However, I mean, if it. In hindsight, knowing Jody Porter yeah. Jr. would be there at 32, obviously you preferred to go this way. So I think everything fell fell exactly how I would want it to. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys go first. And if I have any additional thoughts at the end, I will. I'll speak on that. Do you want to do it? Do you want me to go first so you guys can say you guys can? Yeah, you can go. You go. Get your legs in. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm. It, like you said, it's hard to disagree with everyone. Like they. I thought they once again they like they they stayed within themselves. They made the picks that I think everyone wanted them to make pretty much at every spot. Like they, I don't know, man. Khan and and Weidel were were doing some were doing some stuff. They were doing some stuff this past weekend. Um, Jones, I think, is is going to be great. The upside is unbelievable. Um, this is an offensive line that you knew you wanted to bring in help for Kenny. You get help for Kenny in the first round. You spin around, like you said, it was. But then you're hearing reports of like a bunch of teams are trying to trade up and you don't know what they're going to do. I think they made the complete right decision in sticking and picking there. Um, I mean, 
what's not to love about Porter Jr. You get the, obviously the 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 family ties, but also just a corner that I thought should have gone a lot higher. This is I I I'm, I feel bad picking on him, but like I would have taken him over Forbes too. So I like I I don't know. There were some weird guys that fell in this draft. He was one of them that fell further than I thought, and they scooped him up. Keanu Benton, I've I've sung praises for for a while uh, in group chats. I feel like. Um, just a, an absolute mauler. I think what six four three oh nine is what I, is what I'm reading right here. Um, just a just an absolute big boy who can kind of do it all. I like the idea of him kind of learning under a Cam Hayward type of guy. Um, I think it's going to work out real well for him. Arnold Washington, arguably like the highest upside pick in like the entire draft, maybe like just an absolute specimen who you know still needs to figure out the receiving part a little bit, but can come right in day one and be like basically a sixth offensive lineman. Um, just an incredible blocker. Uh, Herbig, keep the brothers going. Love that. Uh, you got to imagine that them two playing on the same team is probably going to bring the best out of both of them. So can't be mad. And then I do want to shout out Corey Trice too. If I'm not mistaken, this is a guy that fell pretty far due to injury, but I think going into the whole process was kind of thought to be like a, a mid round pick as opposed to a seventh. So just like from every angle, I thought the Steelers, they fit needs, they got talent, and they were still able to keep like these these classic Pittsburgh Steeler like draft storylines where it always it always seems to work out for the Steelers where they just there's always storylines attached to their picks somehow, and they they were able to do all of that in one. So there, I mean, no notes. I I, I think if you, if they went in here and like you said, these were the players they were going to get. I think you'd say like how how could they do better. I don't. I don't think there's a way they could have improved on this. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um, we'll start at the top, in my opinion. I too. Well, when they traded up from seventeen to fourteen, I thought it was either going to be for Broderick Jones, uh, Christian Gonzalez, or Joey Porter Jr. And <laughs> we ended up getting two of those three players because we. We brought in Christian Gonzalez for a top thirty visit, which everyone, that was kind of weird. Like people thought that he wouldn't be there at seventeen for us. Like why does that indicate we're gonna trade up for him, or like why why we do that? But um, regardless, I uh, we got good value out of that trade. Like I heard that typically it should be more what we had to give up, but I think the Patriots just wanted to screw over the Jets and get in because they were gonna take Broderick Jones, so. Uh, yeah, we lucked out there. I like him a lot. Need to protect Kenny, and he was the, my second favorite left tackle on the board um, behind Paris Johnson, so I love the pick. Joe Peter Jr., I also love the pick. It's really hard not to. <laughs> um, like he's the next jersey I want. Like It's just it's going to be a fan favorite. He's wearing, you know the number he's wearing, Mitchell? 24. He said he, yeah, he wants to honor uh, Uncle Ike. Ike Taylor, former teammate of Joe Porter Sr. back uh, in like the 005 era. Um, he's great. I'm really excited for him to learn and develop even more uh, under Patrick Peterson, which they're like similar size style cornerbacks. So uh, the situation is just perfect. Uh, Keanu Benton, don't really know much about him, but uh, Jeff, you like him. And Steelers like him. I trust what the Steelers like. Um, yeah, and to learn under Cam Hayward and uh, Mario Gonjobi, he can. He's not gonna have to be asked to do a lot right away. So 
Um, just like the depth that he provides and the talent. Uh, Darnell Washington. I'm a little less excited about it, I guess, than what most people are. Um, I mean, he's going to add a lot of blocking value in the run game. Yeah, he's got to develop as a pass catcher, but we have other pass catchers. Uh, it's, a, it's a crowded tight end room. I mean, we have Fryer Muth, who's really a pass catching tight end. We re-signed Zach Gentry, who's a more of our blocking tight end. Uh, we still have Connor Hayward in the mix. He's probably going to convert to fullback, I guess. Um, so yeah, it wasn't a position of need. I guess that was a situation where we went best player available, um, kind of stash him away. So yeah, everyone says it's value there, so I'm fine with it. Um, not over the moon as like I feel like a lot of the general public is is saying like, oh, the Steelers got to steal and like. I feel like he's going to be drafted into fantasy, and oh, he shouldn't be drafted in fantasy. That, that's that yeah, well, definitely not in redraft. Even like dynasty leagues, he's going to be drafted, and like I'm being honest, like I'd ex- I'm not expecting any fantasy production from him like the entirety of his career. Really, like it's like some, but like and like I'm not saying he'll be a bad football player. Like I'm, it's just I don't know. He's not going to excite people. I feel like. But hopefully I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what well, happens. Can I offer you some some hope? Maybe just thinking sure. about it, I would assume uh, as the Steelers have always been able to develop receivers, you could probably develop the receiving talent of them. True. Maybe we can. Um. Maybe that can help a little bit. I. F- We've been able to help develop receivers, not necessarily tight ends. I mean, we had Heath Miller forever. Firemouth looks good, but other than that, like in between, there hasn't been really anyone that jumps off the page. Eric Ebron was a bust. I mean, I don't know. He wasn't a draft pick, granted, but um, anyway, I guess the Nick Herbig pick, I I, I really like that pick too. I I saw a lot of mocks and people being higher on him than being a fourth rounder. Um, He lacks a little size. I believe he's like 6'2", to like not maybe not, not even two thirty ish. So if he can bulk up a little bit and learn behind TJ and Alex Highsmith, I I would like that. But yeah, he he lacks some size, which I guess is why he fell. Um, love the brother connection, and uh, I don't know. I guess that's it. I I really like it. As Mitchell said, I'm a little scared that everyone like loves it. And I kind of feel like a lot of fans just all love their drafts, so that's why like I'm oh, not. Of so I, I don't know, um, but yeah, I, the the Broderick Jones pick, I just protecting Kenny is my number one priority. So, and JPJ is going to be awesome. So yeah, I, I am excited. Yeah. So number one, I'll say that I uh, I don't think the Steelers are going to have Andy Weddle for very long. I think uh, he could definitely be a GM. Like well, he's an assistant GM now, but a full time GM uh, in the very, very near future. Because I, I think he he just kind of gets lost in the wayside a little bit in terms of building what the Eagles have now. Um, you know, I mean, obviously there was that the story of 
how we, like the other GMs getting annoyed that how he was getting all this praise and whatnot. But uh, who knows? Maybe Andy Weddle's like wasn't more of an integral part of that because again, you know, you see the Eagles really building through the trenches um, and still continuing to do that over this past weekend. But you know, you love to see it here. You get an offensive tackle round one, you get a defensive tackle round two, and you get the best blocking tight end in the draft in round three. So, um, and you know, you bring in Selamalu as well. So you really invest and um, put your money where your mouth is in terms of protecting your young quarterback. So I think that's the utmost priority. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so glad we did that. The fact, the fact that we did that invested our first round pick in it and still got this corner that everyone else had going in the first round. And it just, I don't know, this is just probably a very dumb, optimistic take, but I think Joey Porter Jr. going at pick 32 overall is going to be very sim. I mean, this is a very lofty expectation. I don't want to put this on the kid because he's definitely listening. Um, that, you know, TJ Walker's 30th overall. And you look back at that, like, how did TJ Watt get to 30? Now you look at this, like, how Joey Porter get to 32, you know? And Hayward, too. I think he was 30th overall. Right. So they, they, all these guys that, like, you know, you know, people are like think, oh, TJ Watt, like it's just JJ Watt's brother. Like, oh, it's Joey Porter Jr. Just you know, you like him because his dad was Steelers, like a really good player for the Steelers for eight to ten years or whatever. But I don't know, man. I think he's going to be special. I think it's going to be one of those picks that we look back on to be like, everyone was really dumb for passing on him in the first round. So there's that, and also Darnell Washington. They brought up a good point on Pat McAfee uh, the other day as they were recapping the draft as well. So I want to shout them out. Uh, but Darnell Washington, I know, you know, the receiving part of his game is not the most refined, as Shref alluded to. But, you know, you have to think, though, he's kind of playing second fiddle to Brock Bowers, who is, by all indications, you know, him and Kyle Pitts is like the top two tight ends to ever come out of college, potentially. So um, you ha- he has that working against them there. And, you know, he still had de- okay production. I think he had 450 yards, which is... For a college head end, that's not too bad. So he's shown capabilities and flashes, and obviously his body type, you know, leads you to believe that he's very, very high upside. So I mean, I'm very pleased, and uh, like I said, I think we witnessed an Omar Khan Andy Weddle masterclass. I'll, I'll put it at that. So what was Tomlin's quote uh, after it? He's like, "What? He's like, he's like, what are they calling him? The Con Man? I like that. The Con no, Artist." Or the con arts. He's like, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll leave it at that. Um, long episode today. So if you listen to it all, we really appreciate it. Thank you to uh, Andy and Jared for calling, accepting our calls. We didn't really talk about the bills. We kind of just like said, okay, maybe Mike will call back later. So I guess we can circle back one last thing. If anyone has a quick word on the bills. Um, True. But yeah, uh, I mean, they get a uh, Kincaid. Let's talk about Kincaid real quick before we, we sign off. Kincaid. Um, yeah, I feel like they, they got him as a uh, little bit to, to keep up. Well, they needed another pass catcher, first of all, but like he's like the Kelsey mold, and like maybe they wanted to model after the, the Chiefs to try to that, compete with them. I think them. they might use him in the slot. I think they might use him in the slot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, like, I mean, because it's like 
they're not going to take Knox off the field. He's been too good to like all of a sudden just him be like the backup tight end. It's not going to work like that. I, from what it seems like to me, I think they're going to try to run with Diggs and Davis on the outside, and then obviously they'll move it around. But I think in most situations we we might get to see some some two tight end sets with him basically playing receiver, which is exciting. And also good value with Torrance, Osiris Torrance. They got the second Torrance. round. That second round he they got him. Falling, I wanted him. So. Yeah, I did a good job with the low draft picks they had in both rounds. Top two rounds. That division's going to be insane. Yeah, Patriots need bottom feeders. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We will be getting to the NFC very shortly. So we'll have another full recap of all those teams and how they did and what our thoughts are in general. Um, trivia will be continuing to plugging along with that as well. We are approaching the end of our regular season and then we'll get to the playoffs. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that as well. And yeah, we will catch you next week with, uh, with another episode. Thank you. Cool. See ya.